0: Hey guys, this is Din.
1: And this is Rish.
0: And welcome to Z-Talk, the Ocarina of Time edition.
1: Well, we've decided to do a special edition podcast this month because, surprise, surprise, Ocarina of Time for the 3DS has come out. Yay! Unless you're an Australian, in which case it comes out on the 30th. So right away, guys, they promise.
0: <laughs> but, uh, so we decided to do a exclusively Ocarina of Time podcast for you guys.
1: And just talk about some of the different topics that come up with Ocarina of Time.
0: And, specifically, Ocarina of Time 3D.
1: So, sit back, relax, maybe grab a drink, and...
0: Let's move on to the podcast. You bet. So first up on the Ocarina of Time podcast is Miss Cinnamon.
1: And she's going to be uh, leading us through the game of Ocarina of Time through parody.
2: sounds like fun.
1: It will be fun. Let's go ahead and listen to it.
2: Hey everyone, Cinnamon here again with your monthly dose of Zelda Spice. Now, in celebration of the recent release of Ocarina of Time 3DS, I thought... What better way to celebrate than to make fun of every tiny little piece of nonsense to be found in the greatest game ever made? Okay, well maybe not every piece of nonsense as I haven't quite that much of an attention span to look quite that hard for things to make fun of, but I am still going to cover quite a lot. Is there really a point in me doing this? Uh, Not really, I just like insulting things. And since there's a lot of material to cover, we are going to go through this pretty quickly. Basically, it's going to be a sardonic retelling of the entire game, abridged. So, fasten your seatbelts on and hold on tight. So, let's start from the very beginning of the game. Good old Kokiri Forest, where you meet your very own Captain Obvious Alarm. Um, I mean fairy partner. Navi! And you wander around the forest a little bit, talking to the locals, most of whom look 100% exactly alike. And uh, one of which seems to be doing um, questionable things to a rock. If there are any kids in the audience, please ignore that last statement. And you're also dodging boulders that defy all physics to find that sword. Not too bad. But then you meet the great Deku Tree, who is apparently cursed and sick and has decided that the only cure is for Link to go inside of him and remove the curse. So now Link is inside the guardian deity of his forest home. And the inside is huge. And apparently has torches inside. Can someone explain why there are torches inside of a giant tree god? I mean, does that make any sense? Whatsoever. Anyways, that aside, the big tree god eventually dies. Which I feel is probably less from Goma and more from this whole storing fire inside of him for who knows how long. But now anyway, Link is off to save the world. And in comes Saria. Oh, hi, Link. I hear you're off on a ridiculously dangerous journey despite never having set foot outside of the forest before. Here's a magical ocarina to remember me by. Isn't she such a sweet girl? And now what does Link do? He just awkwardly runs away. Yeah, Link. You're a real ladies' man. Uh, But his girl troubles are a completely different topic. I will not touch on that too much right now. Anyways... So, now he meets Kaepora Gebora, that owl that never shuts up. Never. He tricks you to make sure you'll listen to him, at least twice, each time you meet him. And you meet him several times. He talks a lot. Okay, I think you get the point. (laughs) Anyway, get on past him and you'll find pretty beautiful Hyrule Field. Only you won't think it's so pretty and beautiful when you have giant mutant plants twice your size trying to slice your head off and zombie evasions every freaking night i don't get it either now you're at castle town and the castle itself is guarded by men who probably can't see more than five meters in front of their face and slack off so badly that they never to bother to notice the big fat sleeping dude by the door you think that's pretty hard to miss and yet they still manage to miss it but anyways you sneak past the guards it's really really easy because they are seriously freaking blind and you'll meet zelda and you have to sit through her really, really animated monologue about how good she is at spying on her dear daddy, the king. And then, holy Jesus, Empire, you are one scary-looking nanny. You have to admit, she is one scary-looking nanny. <laughs> Moving on to Kakariko Village now, where chickens run amok and carpenters dance on railings, where shields and songs are buried in graves of animate corpses, where creepy dudes spend all day staring at windmills, and... Yeah. That's Kakariko Village in a nutshell. And now you're off to Death Mountain, which is inhabited by Gorons, which are rock people who eat rocks. And there is something not quite right about the fact that they are rock people who eat rocks. Even worse, they will only eat specific kinds of rocks, because apparently normal rocks taste bad, and that they would rather starve than dine on uncultured foods or something. That's picky to a T. It really is. So, Link has to go and play hero, and he decides to save them all after dancing a horribly coordinated jig with their big rock chief, and then nearly gets stoned to death via hug when he's all done. Okay. And then he goes and climbs up to the top of the volcano and learns magic from a half-naked fairy chick wearing vines and leather boots. Um, yeah, ignore that last part, too. (laughs) So now we're off to Zora's domain. Where the princess has disappeared, apparently having been swallowed by the Zora's own guardian deity. Yeah, that's totally believable. Anyways, and after waiting an eternity for big fat King Zora to move that giant bulk of his out of the way. No, seriously, have you watched him? It takes freaking forever. Anyways, you get to meet said guardian deity, and guess what? You get to go inside of him too! And if you thought the great Deku tree was weird for housing fires inside of himself, Lord Jabu Jabu houses cows. Albeit only in Master Quest, but still. Cows inside of this giant whale. Some of them are, like, embedded into the walls of his intestine. I don't know what happened there. So you go through Lord Jabba Jabba and you find Rudo, Good old Rudo, Who gives Link more girl problems than he'll ever need in a lifetime. Again, totally different topic. I will touch on that some other time because that is just really kind of creepy. And I do not want to um, corrupt any children's minds right now. Because, you know, before Link knows it, he's engaged, and he's only ten. What just happened? So now we get to open the door of time, get tricked by Ganondorf, find ourselves in the apocalypse after a seven-year slumber. And you'd think after a seven-year slumber that Link would be thin as a stick and weaker than a stick of instant jello, but the goddesses can't really have a wimp running around with the fate of the world on his shoulders, so yeah. Now enter mysterious ninja dude who is actually a lady. I'd like to make a note that she, and yes, I recognize Sheik as a female, deal with it, but she mentions that you have to find the sages, one of which is inside a goddess of the sand. Great, more things inside of deities. Moving on. We first have to stop at Kakariko Village, where you race a ghost through a maze under his own grave for a treasure. Do Hylians even use graves for burial of the dead? I mean, really. And then we're off to Lon Lon Ranch, now taken over by that crazy dude with the twitchy mustache who thinks that he can trap Link inside the ranch for all eternity, despite the fact that Link has just won a horse who can jump over really high freaking walls. And I've always wondered what Ingo thought he would do after he trapped Link. I mean, what is he going to do with a trapped kid? Never mind, let's not think about that. (laughs) Moving on. And now we ride off to Kokiri Forest, which is now horrifically scary. And you travel to the Forest Temple, which really looks more like a dilapidated old mansion built in the middle of nowhere. Seriously, who needs a mansion in the middle of a jungle? Well, it's haunted, so I guess that makes up for any illogicities, I suppose. And you deal with that, and then you head off to Death Mountain. Again, the tough rock Goron people prove to be absolutely defenseless, despite being big tough rock people, as they are imprisoned in jail cells within the volcano. Can someone explain to me why there are jail cells within a volcano? And why does another half-naked fairy lady live inside of the volcano? Why can't she move in with her half-naked fairy sister on top of the volcano where it's not freaking burning hot? You know, near where that giant Goron just sits around unable to do anything about Ganondorf despite being the size of a mountain. Um, I wonder what he does all the time with all that free time he has. He's huge. He probably can't move very far without destroying things. (laughs) Anyways, I'm getting off topic. Moving on. We go back to Zora's domain, which is now totally frozen. Even that fat king. Totally frozen. And if you thaw him, he'll just sit on his icy perch like nothing ever happened. Like, apparently, he can't feel the cold through his thick blubber or something. Even though you'd think he'd notice that his people's guardian deity has suddenly gone AWOL. Oh well and off to Lake Hylia and in the infamous Water Temple. In comes Rudo again, who other than seriously creeping Link out again with her odd, obsessive engagement monologue, she just goes on and on and on about that, and then she just simply disappears off in a dead end. And also, lady, could your temple BE more convoluted? Well, on the bright side, after beating Morpha, Rudo is now so thankful that she breaks off the engagement and it never really happened. Yay, Link's off the hook! Now back to Kakariko Village, which is on fire, despite it raining heavily, and thundering, and lightninging. And Link and the cross-dressing ninja lady get their butts handed to them by a invisible well demon. Speaking of the well, I'm just not going to go talk about the Song of Storm's Paradox, or the crazy windmill dude that is involved in the Song of Storm's Paradox, because frankly, they're just nuts and they are going to make mine and your head hurt. But anyways, so now Link has to go chase down that well demon. Did you know it doesn't stop raining in Kakariko until after you beat the Shadow Temple? How does nobody notice the odd weather, the constant storming? And why is there a torture chamber in a freaking temple? Aren't temples supposed to be, you know, sacred or something? And then what's the deal with Bongo Bongo? I mean, you're battling a giant decapitated monster whose hands are disjointed from his body and whose neck is really just an eye socket. And you're fighting him on a giant bongo drum. Surrounded by poison. In the basement of this temple. I mean, does any of this make any sense? Moving right along. You're off to Gerudo Valley, land of the crazy desert Amazon chicks and their poorly designed prison structure. you think after escaping that ill-guarded cell for like the fifth time or something, that they'd know they're supposed to remove Link's equipment. Well, regardless, they're so impressed with Link's cunning, or... Maybe just their own lack of planning. Well, they're impressed with something. And they decide to make Link an honorary Gerudo thief. Congrats, Link. You are now a crazy desert Amazon chick. Now, after he gets to the actual spirit temple and goes inside the goddess of the sand, at least this time it's not a living deity. But anyways, he'll find Naburu inside, who, like pretty much every other girl in the game, tries to seduce him despite him being a 10-year-old boy. Again, with the girl trouble thing that I will talk about some other time because that is just, yeah, anyways. So, you fight through the temple, get to the boss, which are the crazy twin witch hags that somehow transform into a single entity, which is a single, very provocative entity. Again, any children in the audience, ignore that last statement, do not look up that word. Anyways, you beat her and the two hags, despite them being twins, they start debating about their age and somehow disagree by twenty full years, and despite being evil, they somehow start floating towards heaven. I don't get it either. So now that your collection of rainbow sages is complete, guess what they do for you? Rainbow Bridge of Doom! I mean, it's really gaudy when contrasted with Ganon's hideously gloomy castle, but still, Rainbow Bridge of Doom! So you go inside the castle and what do you find? RAINBOW BARRIER OF DOOM! Ganondorf likes his rainbows. And I also love how the entire time Link is dismantling that barrier, Ganondorf is just sitting upstairs waiting and playing his organ. Yeah, Ganondorf, very productive use of your time. I wholeheartedly approve. And then of course you fight him. And he dies. And his castle collapses. And Zelda insists on running ahead of you and gets herself trapped a couple times along the way. And then Ganon revives as a hideous pig monster and he locks he knocks away Link's sword and of course Zelda doesn't have the upper body strength to lift up a sword and hand it back to Link despite the fact that she had been an awesome ninja lady just hours before but that doesn't matter because Link wins anyway because he's a hero and the hero always wins though despite all of his work he still can't kill the bad guy nor can all six of the other sages put together but that's okay because now Hyrule is safe and now it's party time and oh look big fat King Zora actually managed to drag himself out to Lalonde's ranch to celebrate IT'S A MIRACLE! And that's pretty much Ocarina of Time's story in a nutshell. Relive this wonderfully illogical story in all its wonderfully illogical glory on the 3DS today! Yes, this entire time I was actually just advertising Ocarina of Time 3DS. Nintendo should be grateful to me. And now my work is done. Bye Bee! Thank you, Cinnamon!
1: So, uh, since when did Miss Cinnamon start working for Nintendo?
0: I don't know, but apparently she's working for the advertising department.
1: You know what? Remember, guys, we don't want advertising on the podcast, Miss Cinnamon. We're going to be talking to you about this later.
0: But she's advertising for Nintendo.
1: That still doesn't count.
0: I guess. But, but it was a good segment.
1: It was. You know what? I can't wait to get my hands on the 3DS for Green New Time. Woohoo!
0: Hey guys, this is Din
1: and this is Rush,
0: and this is our segment for Ocarina of Time 3D.
1: Woo! We are going to talk about some of the bosses because, as a lot of you guys have, as a lot of you guys know from uh, reading the news on the site, uh, you can now actually do a boss battle mode where you can challenge one or all of the bosses in a row
0: without getting any health. That'll be interesting. <laughs> that,
1: You know what? I think I'll be just fine.
0: I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. So we want to talk about...
1: All the different kinds of bosses that you'll be facing.
0: And what the heck are they? Because
1: a lot of them, you know what? They have their name, but it doesn't seem to be what it's named.
0: Alright, so let's start with number one. We've got Goma, the parasitic armored arachnid.
1: Now, you know what? It's not really like a spider.
0: She she looks like a spider when you're in when you're fighting her. And she's got legs everywhere and she's you know, got that big scary eye.
1: But when she first drops down, she's like up on like the one leg which is kind of a tail and kind of flipping her arms at you and
0: And if you look at the artwork, she's got like pincers like a lobster. <laughs>
1: You know what? Almost looks like a face hugger from Aliens, <laughs> minus the eye thing.
0: Yeah, and what's with the eye? I thought spiders were supposed to have lots of eyes. She's just got one big one.
1: One giant one. I don't know, but I mean, she gives birth to little tiny.
0: But they're versions not spiders either. They're
1: kind of spiders, but not really. They've as
0: only well. got two legs.
1: Yeah, you know what? She's really confusing. But you know what? Let's talk about King Dodongo.
0: Okay. King Dodongo, the Infernal Dinosaur.
1: I agree, 100%. He's a dinosaur. I've said it last podcast, and i say it again. He's <laughs> but, a dinosaur. But
0: but if he's a dino... But he has to be a Dodongo too. And the other Dodongos you find in the temple only have two legs and a tail. And oh. they breathe fire at you. And King Dodongo's got four, and he's like five times as big.
1: You, you know what? I've got an answer for that. Okay. He's either A, an adult Dodongo...
0: So what? The ones And all
1: the other ones are babies.
0: I was going to say, so the babies are the ones that are killing me? Yes. Oh.
1: (laughs) Or, he's a more evolved version of Dodongos. Either just because that's the way nature intended, or because of Ganon's evil magic.
0: Ooh, that's actually a pretty good idea. I like that idea. I can go along with that one.
1: Alright, so let's look at the third boss.
0: We got Baronade Bioelectric Anemone. Well, I don't think she looks like an anemone at all.
1: I'm just not quite sure what to say about this thing. It's got, like, jellyfish attached to it, and it shoots electricity at well, me. Well, I get
0: the electricity thing with the anemone bioelectric thing, but she's got, like, satellite dishes on her. you ever notice that? Right at the that first... That shoots
1: the electricity yeah! at Yeah!
0: What's that about?
1: That's where the electricity comes
0: in. I up. guess, but why? I don't... She looks more like an organ to me, like... Like...
1: Like a heart?
0: Like a heart, but That she... has
1: armor plating, and shoots electricity at you.
0: Well, hearts have electricity? Or a pacemaker thing?
1: They- they... Yes, <laughs> they do send signals using electrical all right. impulses. Alright.
0: So then you become an adult, and you face Phantom Ganon Evil Spirit from beyond.
1: Which isn't all that evil, and isn't all that difficult. How is
0: he not that evil?
1: He's, he's just a puppet. I guess. He, he doesn't... He, I don't think he really exists.
0: Well, he's... he's
1: just a phantom. He's a ghostly a specter. Ghost. He's,
0: there's not much to talk about what he is. He's, he's a a No, you,
1: you kill him again and gets all upset and says that he sucks at doing what he does and That's sends it. him away. That's it.
0: Then we get Volvegia, the subterranean lava dragon... Now, we find out that she's kind of been around for a while and then gets all flustered when Ganondorf comes around and starts eating Gorons. So she's a lava dragon. That one's pretty
1: That one's straightforward. How
0: does she fly? She doesn't have wings.
1: Ganon's evil magic.
0: That's that, that, that sim- is
1: my answer.
0: That is such a simple answer. And you
1: know what? It works. It is a simple answer that works. Okay. Evil magic flying.
0: Okay. Evil
1: magic big dragon dinosaur thing.
0: She's not even that big. But anyway. Um, and then we go to the water temple. And we get Morpha, the giant aquatic amoeba.
1: Well, you get to meet her after you deal with all the headache of the water temple. Yeah. But I digress.
0: I have such a theory on Morpha.
1: Okay, go ahead. Okay. It's all yours.
0: Okay. Anybody who's taken biology... Here's your miniature Zelda biology lesson. So, amoebas, real ones, like in the real world, are made of jelly, and that's the best way to describe it. And Not they... the
1: jelly you put on toast, though, no, guys. No, like,
0: like gel, like the gooey stuff. And they push it around in their body, and that's how they make their little feet, and how they take in food and that kind of thing. Now, Morpha, when you walk into the room, Navi freaks out and tells you that that's not normal water. That's because it isn't water. This is my theory. It's actually Morpha's jelly, because she's an amoeba. And then that's what she makes her tentacles out of. that grab a hold of you and throw you against the spike strip.
1: And then when you destroy her, it all disappears.
0: All of it, it just goes, because it's all part of her. So you know what that means, Rish?
1: What's that mean?
0: When you fall into the water, you're inside her. Gross. Yucky gross anyway
1: moving on one of my favorite bosses bongo bongo the phantom F- shadow beast
0: what's there's not much to say I'm sorry his He's-
1: name says it all he loves bongos he loves long floats on the beach and setting <laughs> fires to Kakrico village
0: there you go He's, he's, you just made a dating profile yeah, I was going God to say, God. if you look
1: carefully on Lava Life, you'll find his dating profile. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, there's not much to say about what he is. He's just a shadow beast with disembodied hands.
1: From the Dark Realm. You think that's, he's from the Dark Realm? That's well, all I've got to say. From the Dark I Realm. I think
0: that's pretty... That's, non-debatable. <laughs> that's
1: pretty straightforward right there. Shadow Beast, Dark Realm. There we go. And Done.
0: then we get Twinrova, the Sorceress Sisters.
1: The surrogate mothers of Ganon.
0: Right. Who are supposedly Gerudo.
1: I have to say Dark Realm.
0: What what Dark Realm what? You got to be more more descriptive than that.
1: Dark Realm because they ha- they use dark magic or like black magic. I can't remember exactly what the I line I think
0: Nibiru says it's black magic.
1: Which equates to dark world, dark realm.
0: Okay, so, so you don't think they're Gerudo, you think they're...
1: No, and I mean they have magic that for whatever apparent reason, really good at hurting each other, so that'd be great, you know, if they're having an argument, but really bad when the Hero of Time shows up, kicks in your door, and decides to deflect your magic at your sister.
0: Yeah, so then they get the bright idea to become one, so he can't do that, and then he just stores magic in the shield, and that hurts them
1: even more. Always so. a good time.
0: Yeah, I, I can go along with it. They're from the Dark Realm, because, you know, they're 400 years old.
1: So, pretty much in the end, when it comes to all these guys, I got one word. Two words, actually Dark Realm. <laughs> or Dark Realm. I don't magic. think
0: so. I think, I think some of them are just causes of, of magic. Especially, like, I mean, Volvegia was around for a long time. They said that, and...
1: Resurrected by dark magic.
0: Okay. I see where you're going to go with this. I'm not going to argue this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ganon is a bad guy.
0: And then we get the king of evil, Ganondorf, who we don't really need to explain.
1: I'm not saying anything.
0: Yeah, no. He's not from the Dark Realm.
1: <laughs> I know he's not. That's why I'm not saying I found anything.
0: I one! He's not from the Dark Realm. He's from Gerudo, just up to straight from the castle.
1: He just <laughs> draws power from the Dark Realm.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, here, I got one. So okay. then... After you defeat Ganondorf and the tower collapses, then the Triforce of Power runs rampant and reanimates his body and makes him a pig monster.
1: Corruption.
0: By the Triforce of Power.
1: Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Right. Including your body, making you a pig monster.
0: Right, but that doesn't have anything to do with Dark Realm.
1: It mixes with magic from the Dark Realm?
0: (laughs) No, you're pushing now.
1: Okay, I tried. (laughs) I'm sorry guys, I really did try there.
0: So, what do you guys think? What do you think these bosses actually are, or what they're made of? Are they all from the Dark Realm? And, uh, let us know in the comments.
1: Let's see it down there below.
0: And, uh, so what do you think? Do you think you can do a full boss run?
1: I think I can On the
0: totally
1: new 3DS? Do. Uh I'm gonna have some trouble. We'll see because I haven't played it on the 3DS before, so we'll see. But you know what, Din, are you going to have any trouble with it?
0: I think I can do it. I think it's gonna be great. I think I'm gonna do really well, and when I get to Bongo Bongo, I'll just hand the controller over to you and then I'll take it back. And then I'll be good!
1: Oh yeah, you don't like Bongo Bongo, do you? No,
0: he's the only boss that can still hit me. And by hit me, I mean usually almost kills me.
1: And you know what? I love Bongo Bongo. I know. He's not a bad guy, you know? You hang out with him a bit, and you help him with his dating profile. I was gonna say, you're uh, like
0: trying to get Bongo Bongo dates.
1: Well, he's he he's not that bad of a guy. He's, he's just,
0: not that good looking. I think you'll have trouble with that one.
1: Hey, you, you know <laughs> what? It's not all about looks sometimes. That's true. Bongo Bongo will find a nice evil girl shadow beast out there somewhere, I'm sure.
0: Maybe we can hick, hook him and Twinrova up. Uh,
1: that might work. I'm not sure I won't put him through that. No? Okay. Anyways, guys, <laughs> thanks for listening to this segment of the podcast, and we'll move on to the next section.
0: Next up on the podcast guys we have a round table from axel the beast
1: and it's going to be concerning ocarina of time 3d and also ocarina of time the original
0: so i believe he has two guests this time and we'll send it over to axel to introduce you to them
1: go ahead axel all right
3: well, hey there guys this this is Zelda Dungeon Roundtable, and I'm Axel the Beast. Uh, the two guests we have for today are Hanyu, who is a forum moderator and also pretty much heads the article staff. Hey, Hanyu. Hello. And we also have Duck Noises, who's a forum moder- moderator. Hey, Duck Noises. Hello. Uh, all right, the topic that we're going to discuss today is Ocarina of Time 3D. Um, initially, I wasn't going to be on the, uh, guest li- the guests for this, but I. Uh, I actually developed an opinion, so I guess I will be. Um, so, a first question here is: What were your thoughts on the DS on the DS Ocarina of Time re-release? You know, the idea of there being one prior to Ocarina of Time 3D being announced. Did you think it was going to happen, or did you like the idea at all? Well, when I
4: when I saw it, I thought it was honestly just going to be a tech demo. I thought that it was it was really just a graphical thing to show that the system was going to be powerful, I didn't think that there was going to be a um, thing that I, I was, I was excited and worried at the same time. That's, I get that way when I see them bring back a lot of old games.
3: Um, yeah, but I, 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 never, uh, I never, like, put stock into the idea of there being a DS Ocarina of Time until they announced it, and I'm like, wait, really? doing that to be honest i i was kind of against the
5: idea of an ocarina of time on the original ds and i know a lot of people seem to favor that in the zelda community but i just didn't think it would work i i actually liked uh, super mario 64 ds i loved the controls they weren't as precise as the original but i thought they were great but they got a lot of criticism and frankly there was no way with the button layout and everything on the original ds that i really thought it could work um
3: so well, another, I, I was Oh go ahead. Well another thing is that there was no real reason for them to put it on the DS either. I mean, other than just, hey, here's an old game and it's it's on your new console, there there isn't any benefit to doing so.
2: Yeah,
5: exactly. And uh you know, when when I found out about it being on the three DS, it made sense to me. I was excited about it. But it just made sense. I didn't even think it was that unexpected.
3: Yeah, I was all for it. Um, and then what did you think when Ocarina of Time 3D was announced? Or says, what did you think when Ocarina of Time 3D was announced? I said, holy crap, I'm gonna see again in 3D. <laughs> I've never been a fan <laughs> of my 3D. First reaction, I thought, oh my god, the final boss battle in 3D, this is gonna be amazing. I had actually never experienced uh, the 3D, you know, visuals thing, like, that's been come, become so popular now, before, so... I guess I don't generally have much of an opinion of the 3D graphics, but when I saw the actual remastered maps and the screenshots, they're like totally gorgeous. I mean, sure. the, yeah. the new art style is just beautiful. I, it's the most striking feature of the whole game, really. You just look at it and it's like, wow, that's that's the water temple, but it looks good now. You know, yeah, I've, I've talked about this before on forums and stuff. I don't believe
5: games age, I don't believe graphics age or anything ages. They're as good now as they were then. But what I think is cool about Ocarina of Time 3DS, as far as the graphics are concerned, um, is that basically the original Ocarina of Time, basically- it feels has my like favorite. my imagination. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the original has my favorite art style in the franchise, and Ocarina of Time 3DS nails it. Everything falls into place in the original art style. It's
3: just, you know, higher res, bolder colors that's good stuff so that was always one of my main problems with the original i mean i know that i know that the graphics are still pretty good for what they were but at the same time it always bugged me how a lot of the overworld felt like it was constructed out of blocks like i was i was in a lego land and like especially the river it's where it hit me the most because every everything was like blocky ridges and stuff and it didn't feel real to me and from what I've seen of Ocarina of Time 3D, it seems like that effect is diminished and it feels, well, like Stefan said, more like a real world. It feels like it feels like what's, what's in your imagination of think a real world. Yeah, um,
5: and it's interesting you mentioned blockiness because the first four Zelda games, well, the, f- the first four with the exception of Zelda 2, were all completely blocky, and Ocarina kind of ditched that. You know, I never got that from the original, but I can see it now with
3: 3DS moving everything up so um what did you guys think about the visions and the boss challenge stuff I was glad to see the boss challenge
4: thing that seemed like in me because I was glad that it didn't it, it didn't seem to intrude on the main gameplay that it was it was a, it was an add-on that I didn't because when, when it seems to intrude on the original game is where I see it's, it's And the boss challenge thing is Looks like a lot of fun. That's something I would want to, to do. I enjoyed um, what was it? Take 'em all on in Spirit Tracks. That was that was actually one of my uh, favorite parts of that game. And I I, I liked I like fighting the bosses, and I always like finding new ways to fight them and, and trying new things. And it's that's a great opportunity for me. But for Visions i mean i understand that they want to to get in new to get uh that they're targeting a new audience and a new generation of gamers and they want to ease them into it kind of how ukraine of time did with navi but i mean the game already has navi and the game has saria if navi doesn't help you if you're in the overworld and that's i mean it visions to me seems a little excessive i mean i mean. From what I understand it's done very well, but I wouldn't I wouldn't ever consider needing it because you've got you've already got two helpers and and then you have additional characters that point you in the right direction every now and then and it, it seems very superfluous to me.
5: I think I, I kind of agree on visions. I mean, I don't think it's that <sighs> harmful, although I'm gonna be a night. No having to see those things around Hyrule since I'm not going to use them. Um, I already know the game well enough um, since I've played it a couple times, but uh, yeah, I think it's a little redundant. Um, I also think we have the internet in this day and age. We had it in 98 and now, I mean, it's in. strategy guides are very accessible, so I don't know why implementation of that was necessary, but as long as it doesn't get in the way too much, it's okay, and as for the boss challenge, you know, I, I never really cared to refight the bosses, but I know a lot of people liked that feature, and it was fun in several of the other Zelda games, I mean, it was in Majora's Mask too, pretty much not a boss challenge, but you could refight, um, and yeah, I think that's, you know, it's, it's a good idea, so I'm glad to see it there.
3: Um, I, The boss challenge is actually starting to become more of the seldom, cell- me, because when they first announced this, this this remake, I didn't care, like, at all. And I probably would get it for the sake of collection, but I didn't really care, because, you know, I've beaten Ocarina of Time. But then when they started to announce the new features, uh, first among them being the boss challenges, I started to grow interested, because I, I, I love boss battles. I'd probably play a video game that was just composed out of, you know, boss fights. So, ah, uh, man,
4: if only they had a good game like that that came out for PS2.
3: Anyway, um, and, you know, I think that the way that having that feature and having the ability to re-fight bosses, which is something that's normally hard to, uh, like, re-get back to, you can't, like, go back and fight the boss very easily, that's in a Zelda game. I think having an easily accessible way to just re-fight all bosses is just a great idea. The visions, I, I don't, can't see them as harmful considering that um, no amount of, gu- of optional guide in a game can ruin the experience for anyone. It just adds more options. And sure, there are already two helpers in the game, but people still have problems playing that game. They still get stuck. I just don't see why outside information is, is that
5: bad. I mean, I think Zelda games have a tradition of kind of expecting you to go outside the game. We know that's the case for the original. Um, not only were their maps Nintendo Power, but I think Miyamoto even said he wanted people to exchange information.
3: So, I don't see why it's necessary. Alright, well, how about the water temple? as in our noises. Somehow I think that you'd have a problem with this since you didn't want things to intrude in. But like, what did you think about the modifications to the water temple? You know, I, I'm all for... I, I think the the boots... Iron
4: Boots putting that as an item like they had in Toilet Princess. That was very cumbersome in the original, but it was it was something I could deal with. And that's that's handy and that the change they made is handy and I think that's that's something that's appropriate and that I wouldn't have a problem with. I mean in terms interface um, interface and graphics are, are some things that I would allow them to tweak a little bit. But actually going in and putting in the little little glowy lights around the water temple just not only does it look silly, it looks it it doesn't feel like it's it's taking it serious anymore. I mean, Water Temple had been infamous for oh, it's really hard. and I mean, it, it's not really hard. It's just there's just this a bunch of periods in it where you're kind of confused and wandering around. But I mean, that's that's not something that's hard to fix. You can just. You could actually buy, as Tim mentioned, you could go and make a map, or just remind yourself of where on your map these sections are that that raise the water level. And it's, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory too. Which I mean, the area where you play the song is where it rises up to. And I mean, I don't really see why you needed these guide things. And I mean, I can see. I understand that again. They want to they reach out to the newer generation to make it easier, but I think this is is really tampering with with the temple to an extent that's that's unnecessary, and it 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 sort of it sort of really dumbs it down. Yeah. Sort of really,
5: <laughs> Sorry. I, I I agree to an extent. Um, The thing is, when I first played Ocarina of Time, I was using a strategy guide as kind of a supplement to the experience, so I didn't get the full you know, difficult experience of the Water Temple, but it it even gave me trouble then. I didn't always use a strategy guide, so maybe that's part of the reason why. Um, But you know, the thing about Ocarina of Time is it's not designed in a purely linear way, the way some more recent Zelda games are. Um, You can go through the different temples um in several different orders and so i never i never felt stuck on any temple i mean i could always just go do something else and i think the need to make the water temple easier is overstated um a lot of times in the gaming community it is i think it is a fairly challenging temple not only for how you can get lost but also for some of the physical challenges um, there's some areas that are hard to navigate. Oh, like but the waterfall, the climbing The, the Waterfall. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. But um, you know, but that's the, having a little bit, a bit, of, a little bit of that in the game is good, and there's no reason yeah, for fine. them to change it. And I do think the lights look silly. Um, so that's that's an example of something that's much more invasive than visions. Um, you know, an, an unnecessary change that kind of damages, I think, the integrity of the Water Temple. I thought it was a very nice-looking temple, but, um, they've kind of messed it up a little bit,
3: in my opinion. Um, I'm not sure I completely agree, because I thought that the Water Temple, with the, clay like, colored lines and whatnot, I don't think that they necessarily intrude too much in the, uh, look of the Water Temple. I mean, there's certainly a change, be, but there's changes like that all throughout the game where things just look different than they did before. A good example being, say, the uh, the grates on the, uh, the fountain in the Hyrule Castle market. And I think that... I mean, I do agree that it's completely unnecessary. I had no trouble with the Water Temple. It's not sufficiently harder than the other dungeons in the game, but I don't think that the change is as intrusive as, say, like the vision statues, which are just these, you know, gossip stones that sit there and, you know, they're going to be there in the game, although they might be shoved off to the side.
5: Right, I guess the major problem I have with them isn't so much the difficulty, as just the fact that it totally changes the way the Water Temple looks and being unnecessary on top of that, it's just, uh, I think it, it it kind of hurts the, the experience.
3: Right, well I guess that's fair. Do you have any opinion on the audio and how it's pretty much the same thing, although remastered a little bit it seems like, and then there's that one orchestrated track uh, in the game? You
4: know, I was heavily disappointed because I thought that if there was one thing that they could really contribute to Ocarina of time that it would be orchestrating the tracks because ocarina of time has such a great great soundtrack and and all the the music flows perfectly with the backgrounds and that it it just screams to be orchestrated and i've heard things like zelda reorchestrated and stuff and it it just sounds it sounds amazing and i i'm really disappointed that we didn't get to see something like that and it was and it's it's disappointing because it was a, it's a huge missed opportunity and it's it has the sound capability and they have they have the the resources and the time to do it and it it really i i was just really upset because i
6: mean
4: the the N64 didn't have a particularly great sound quality especially in comparison to things like PlayStation or the current gen, and so, I mean, the game still sounded great, the melodies were were great, but I mean, the sound quality was not there, and to hear, when I hear orchestrated music, it brings it alive, and it brings... The whole magic of the game that I remember, and to be able to hear that and the majesty that it brought, they can ju- just bring the orchestrated music, it just bring from my imagination. And from a game like Super Mario Galaxy or Super Mario Galaxy 2, the orchestrated music just did so much for it. And it's it's disappointing that we won't get to see, we won't get to see that in in the game in Ocarina of Time 3D.
5: Yeah, I agree with duck noises. I was really hoping for a fully orchestrated soundtrack, I'm sure a lot of people were. Um, The original soundtrack was was good, but um, I also recognized that it had limitations, and you know what disappointed me most was, I would have been okay if they hadn't orchestrated everything, but uh, I was at least hoping for them to orchestrate Hyrule Field. In game, and the fact that they did kind of shatter me. I don't care about a dynamic soundtrack or anything like that. This, the original soundtrack didn't seem that dynamic to me. And the fact is, the enemy music wasn't that great, so I wouldn't mind just a straightforward Hyrule Field theme.
4: I know that's Hyrule Field is just just captures the spirit of the game, and I just love. I mean, that's I think that's why they. They chose to sort of put it in the orchestrated track. I don't know if I'm... I'm I, I don't am i know exactly where it goes, but it has... I listened to the Japanese trailer, and it sounds fantastic. And that, that is... And by showing that, it's kind of... It's kind of a kick in the teeth, because it's like, oh, look, you're showing us how great it is, and how great it could have been, and yet you decide to only do this for one track. I mean, it's good that they have at least one track, but it's... It's very disappointing. I wish they'd orchestrated
3: it. I think, I think I agree, but ironically, I think one of the reasons they probably kept it the same is to not intrude on the game, not to make it feel too different. But that's a little ironic, because I think that's what their reasons were. Ultimately, not because they couldn't, it's because they didn't think they should. But I completely agree that that's kind of like a missed opportunity, and it was disappointing for me to hear that they weren't planning to improve the audio.
5: Yeah, I remember reading an interview that was on ZD's main page a couple days ago uh, where they talked about that. um, That they were originally planning to change it, but they thought the fans might not like it. Personally, I would have loved it. Um, I'm not that attached to the original sound. I never am. And, um, you know, I think it certainly deserves it. That said, most of the synths in the original weren't too bad, but, but... A few in particular were were grating. Anything that involved voices like Malin or the Shadow Temple or Fire Temple music, um, to me, sounded terrible in 98 and still sounds
2: terrible.
5: Exactly. It it sounded ridiculous. So, um, you know, I would have liked them to change that. Um... It's okay that they didn't. I'm grateful to be playing Ocarina of Time again, and uh, grateful to hear the soundtrack again. But they could have done more with it.
3: What do you have? Do you wish there were more changes to the game?
5: How many times will they get to remake Ocarina of Time? Um, once every 13 years. <laughs> um. You know, I really think of this as a missed opportunity, because on top of the music that they could have changed, um, the fact that they didn't, as far as I know, add any side quests or add any material that develops the characters or, you know, add to the size of any of the locations, um, it really shortchanges the game. You know, on, on the one hand, you have beautiful graphics that perfectly fit the original style. I think it would be okay to, uh, to you know, make new locations or new characters or you know something, and, and they don't have to be revolutionary. This doesn't have to be uh, a huge addition of side quests, but just a few more things that enhance the world and and preserve it at the same time. I don't think that would be a bad idea, and, and I wish they had, but. Um, the game's not going to suffer for lack of them having done it. I just think of it as a missed opportunity.
4: Well, I don't know, because that's, that's interesting that you say that... Because that, if you said something like character development, I wouldn't want them touching the plot or, or any of the locations of the heartbeats or anything like that. I wouldn't... I mean, you say that there is... I agree with you that... I mean, it, it is kind of like shortchanging it, but it's... the, the like you said with the Water Temple, it's, it's damaging to the integrity. It's not the fact that it's it's not that I wouldn't want to see these things. It's just that it's it it hurts the game from from an ideological standpoint, from an artistic standpoint I see that like I mean it's then I see that it's not I mean the game is fine. Oh, I I won't say that the game couldn't be improved on, but I mean I I don't want to see them Change the game from, from an ideological standpoint. I don't think that that's, that that's that that's a good idea to do with games to actually change it to the point where it becomes. There was there was an article on IGN uh, a, a while back about how they remade Twin Snakes and how it it changed. Um, they changed the cutscenes and stuff, and it it changed the way you looked at the characters and for. For someone who had played only Twin Snakes versus Metal Gear Solid One, they had seen it very differently, and I wouldn't want them to do something, something to that extent, because I feel that it would, it would damage the integrity of the game.
5: Um, I can certainly sympathize with that. Um, you know, as a Star Wars fan, I had to put up with George Lucas kind of massacring the original movies, but I don't think changes are bad on principle. I think they can be good. And I trust that Nintendo could, could execute them well. Um, we've seen good re-releases slash remakes with games like Pokemon Leaf Green. Um, certainly, that certainly wasn't an example of a subtle remake. I mean, they added to it, and I've heard few people argue that it's, it's been detrimental to the game. So I think they could a good job, but I do respect that the danger of uh, of them messing up is is worth considering. And uh, you know, once again, you don't want what happened with the Star Wars movies to happen with uh, with uh, Zelda.
3: I don't really. Um, I mean. I don't see how changing the game is so much of a problem considering it doesn't change the original. The original game is still there, it's still good, it will never change, so I don't see why trying to do some, make something out of it when you're re-releasing it or remaking it is a bad thing. I mean, it, there's no point in remaking something unless it's going to be different. If you're going to just do that, you should just re-release the game.
5: Yeah, I agree. Um, basically. I think that you know the the opportunity that Nintendo had to add to Aquinas is is now gone for um, the foreseeable future. So um, you know I, I I still kind of wish they'd added side side quest. but I sympathize with the position that they shouldn't have. And um, you know again the game's not not really hurt because of it. It's, as great a game as it was.
3: Alright, well, do either of you have any final word about the game?
5: Yeah, um, well, Ocarina of Time is my favorite game, and um, I think this looks like it's set up to do it justice, which is the most we can hope for, and uh, I think that's great. If they had tampered with it a little more, um, they could have come out better, than the original in some ways. Um, or they could have really messed it up and they played it safe, and I think that's good. Um, the 3D and gyroscope controls, uh, they're nice little additions, but I don't know how much I'll use them. On the other hand, looking at the graphics and just just the way the whole world looks um, is really great. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to playing the Master Quest and the... Boss Rush, and I hope we get more remakes like this in the future. I'm not against remakes. I think it'll introduce it to a new, uh, to a new generation. And while I don't think it was necessary, I do think it's an important remake. And uh, every Nintendo fan should pick it up. Every gamer should pick it up.
4: Well, with with what I've said, I mean, not I'm not adverse to the idea of of the remake as a whole. I mean, I'm still glad, and I'm still very, very excited about it. I'm going to play the whole thing. I'm going to 100% it, like I did the original. I'm going to look for teeny differences, because I... well, I'm also... because I dabble in the theory a little bit, but... um, But, I mean, I'm... I'm... to an extent, I'm afraid that they would have made changes, but I'm... I'm pleased with what they did overall, and I didn't think they took too many, they didn't make too many mistakes in, in crossing the line, um, but like Tim said, there were mistakes in that what they could have done were missed opportunities.
3: I guess I'm ultimately satisfied, but I think I would have liked it had they added uh, more, more content that wasn't a major aspect of the game itself, like... I don't know, an extra, I mean, it reminds me, I'm thinking of like, in Four Swords, how you could, if you completed it, you could unlock a dungeon at the end of A Link to the Past, an extra dungeon. I'm thinking of stuff like that. These aren't actually parts of the game itself, but they're additional content like the boss challenges, or like, well, like the boss challenges at least, that uh, you can still, to add a little more, you know, meat onto the game. I think that that would have been good if they had done that. And uh, other than that, I think it's a great remake. I mean, it's definitely going to be fun to play. I just wish they did a little more to make it a little more different, a little more new, a little more worth buying for the fan who's already had their fill of Ocarina of time. All right, guys, so I guess that's all we got time for. Uh, glad to have you guys. Thanks for being here, Tim, ha- or Hanyu and DuckNoises. See you guys later.
1: Thanks. You know what, that's really interesting about how many changes they actually brought in. A lot of us thought it was just going to be a reboot of the original, but you know what, they actually did go through and make a lot of changes.
0: They did, and I think that some of the changes are rather redundant or unnecessary, but, I mean, I'm an old fogey that likes originals of everything, so my opinion is probably kind of biased.
1: You know what, I would say hold your opinion until after you're done playing.
0: That's probably true. Welcome to the Ocarina of Time Special Edition Keaton Quiz. Um, We have an exclusively Ocarina of Time Quiz set up for you guys today. Um, And we're all very excited about it.
1: But where's Cinnamon?
0: Well, see, because it's a special edition, Cinnamon isn't here. She gets a little break. So we actually have two brand new contestants this time that aren't part of the regular competition. They're just for this time, and Cinnamon will come back to continue her reign of... of
1: terror. <laughs> I mean domination. I mean winning. Okay, winning. Yes. Winning's good.
0: So, um, for this special edition Ocarina of Time Keaton quiz, we have with us Bayside Rules. Hey, guys! And we have Hero of Music. Hello! So um... we're going to use all the same rules as usual guys but um... couple little changes so this time we have fifteen questions instead of ten and um... there's some little surprises throughout the questions
1: we've decided to add to some of the questions, not all of them little bonus questions that can net you extra points and maybe give you that edge over the other person
0: And. As you probably guessed, there's only one category this time.
1: <laughs> or Karina of Time.
0: Alright. So I think we're about ready to move on.
1: So Bayside, can we hear your call-in sound? Alright, and Hero, can we hear yours? Fantastic.
0: I like it. Alright.
1: Are you both ready to go?
6: Do you have anything to say to each other? I'm ready. And you're going down, babe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We shall see.
0: We shall see.
6: You're the one that says you haven't played the game in five years.
1: (laughs) Woo. All right.
6: That was a very devious
0: laugh. Okay. (laughs) All right. So if you guys are both ready, then here we go. Question number one. What is the release date for Ocarina of Time 3D in the United States? You only got 15 seconds, guys! Come on, it's the most anticipated date!
1: This is a hard one for you guys, come on.
0: Someone gonna take a stab at it? Oh, time's up! I bet you all the fans are screaming that date.
1: Uh. <laughs> Everybody's pretty upset about that right now at you guys.
0: Question number two. Who is responsible for giving Link the eye drops in the trading sequence? Bayside? It's the creepy laboratory dude. It sure is. Bayside's got our first point. Woohoo! Woohoo! Question number two. What is the reward for completing Gerudo training grounds? Hero.
6: The ice arrows.
0: That is correct.
1: And there's a special bonus question to this one. Is the item required to complete this game?
6: Hero. Oh, no, it is not required to complete the game. It is an optional item.
1: Oh, and Hero takes the early lead.
0: (laughs) Bayside has one, Hero has two. Question number three. Where in the game is the forest stage, and what purpose does it serve? This is a difficult question. Oh, Bayside? It's in the Lost Woods. And you display the different masks that you can get from the Happy Mask shop, and the Dooku plant thingamabobbers judge you. And give you one. That is correct. Bayside ties it up at 2-2. Oh, I apologize. Rich is correcting me, that was question number four. (laughs) So, we're on question number five now. (laughs) Oh! What are the names of the individuals living in Lon Lon Ranch?
6: Hero? Can I give a partial answer? <laughs> I, don't, I know two of them for sure. Okay. Don't okay. take a guess give at us, the third. Give us the best answer you can give us. Okay, there's Malin, and then there's Talon, and then there's that one other guy that ends up taking <laughs> over the ranch.
2: I know that name.
0: Ah, what You've got 15 seconds to give us that Why would name. Bayside helps uh, Starts with an I. Bayside's helping her opponent. <laughs> Are
6: you gonna give it three to name? Three seconds. Hero? Yeah, I don't know. Ah. Uh,
1: and Bayside. What is that last name?
6: Ingo.
0: There it is. And
1: Bayside with the steel. I
0: Bayside's know. at three. All right, so we're on question number six. How many great fairy fountains are found throughout the game? This is a hard one. Counting, counting in their heads.
1: Five more seconds.
0: Oh, Oh, Bayside? Is it five? No, it is not. Oh. Hero gets the steal. How many great fairy fountains are found throughout the game?
6: I think it's only four.
0: That is also incorrect.
1: Oh, it, you guys.
0: <laughs> that's okay, everybody's... Yeah. Alright, question number seven. What is the other name for the Zora Sapphire? Bayside. The Zora engagement ring. That it is. Bayside pulls out with four. Heroes at two.
1: Come on, heroes. Step up the game, buddy. I
0: was going to say, I thought uh, someone was all smug about his opponent not having played the game in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Question number eight. How and where do you get the fourth bottle in the game oh that was
1: a... I thought I heard Bayside first
0: did you okay sure. Bay by
6: collecting all 10 great toes
0: in Hyrule Field and taking them to the soldier in the pot that's correct yeah. <laughs> Bayside's at 5, heroes at 2 but I'd say he knew that one
1: yeah I did
0: uh... <laughs> alright Question number 9. Who in the game considers you their brother?
6: Hero? It's Daryunia, or however you pronounce his name, the leader of the Gorons. That is That's correct. correct! Awesome! Good job,
1: coming back!
6: Hero's pulling up behind! Alright,
0: question number 10. Who says this line? The flow of time is always cruel. It's...
1: Bayside <laughs> chimes in before we even get <laughs> to, to finish.
0: Chic, Right as she's teaching you the serenade of water. Wow. That is correct. <laughs> That's correct. Wow. Okay.
1: And time for the bonus question for this one. Can you complete the rest of the line?
6: <laughs> the flow of time is always cruel. Cool.
0: Flow time is always cruel. Time passes change, uh, time passes, people train, change, oh, uh, young love, oh my god, oh. uh, I don't part of it. You're actually at the wrong section of, uh, Sheik's time Little speech. speeches to you. Oh. Um, so we're gonna give Hiro the chance for a steal, and because of that, he gets to hear the whole question.
1: So listen carefully.
0: (laughs) So, Hero, who says this line? You don't have to answer that part of the question, but... The flow of time is always cruel. Its speed seems different for each person, but no one can change it.
1: What is the last part of that line?
6: Hmm. I have just posted this in a thread, like, yesterday. (laughs) You have seven
1: seconds. Ugh.
6: I don't remember the
0: end of it. All right, that's all right. That was a hard question. Question number 11. But we don't get to hear the answer for that one?
1: Do you want me to give you the answer for that one? I would love to hear the answer for that one. All right, from the beginning. The flow of time is always cruel. Its speed seems different for each person, but no one can change it. A thing that doesn't change is the memory of younger days.
0: That is the speech that's given to you outside the forest temple. Uh? No. No. Alright, question number 11. What is the newest feature being added to Ocarina of Time 3D involving Gossip Stones? Hero.
6: There are kind of, like, tutorial-ish videos that show you kinda where you have to go to complete the next part of the game, you crawl inside one of the uh, gigantic Gossip Stones, and then you can select one of the videos that you wish to see.
0: You're correct! Can you give me the t- what they're called?
6: Mm, no.
0: Uh, I'm gonna give it to
6: you anyway, because you described Perfect. it.
1: <laughs> like, in intricate detail, they were calling them Visions.
6: Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I helped uh, Jen type up that post a bit oh, okay. found the news.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to give that one to you. Alright. So, question number 12. Which temple has been modified from the original version in Ocarina of Time 3D? Hero?
1: The Water Temple.
6: That is correct!
1: Hero's up to five. Bayside still holding on to the lead with six.
6: All right.
0: Question number 13. What is the name of the race of people who are most commonly associated with truth in the game? Hero? Shikya. That is correct. We have a tie game. Oh, no. This is oh. so exciting! No. <laughs>
1: Here we go! We
0: got two questions left! Question yes. number 14. After defeating bosses of the temples in the adult portion of the game, where is Link transported to receive the medallions? Be specific. Bayside? Bayside. The Chamber of Sages in the Sacred Realm. That is correct.
1: All right. And as a bonus question to this one, where is the Chamber of Sages?
0: Be specific. Uh,
3: Well, it's in the sacred realm, isn't it?
1: Can you be
0: more specific than that?
3: Eh, no. Oh.
0: Okay. I'm going to. let, uh, Hero try to steal this.
1: It is inside the Sacred Realm, but so where? If...
0: Hero? can you give me the correct answer?
6: <sighs> I want to say that it's in the Light Temple of the Sacred Realm. That
1: That's is correct! correct! <laughs> he ties it back oh, up. Oh,
6: we're at seven!
1: And one question yeah. left.
0: Okay. Oh, no! <laughs> okay. We're down to the wire. Question number fifteen for the win. When Phantom Ganon is defeated, Link overhears Ganondorf banish him to
6: where? Hero? The space between dimensions.
1: That is correct, and Hero Ooh! takes the game.
6: Hero music!
1: Yes. <laughs> with a from-behind victory. How do you feel about that, Hero?
0: I, I feel pretty good. I'm sure you do!
1: I don't think Bayside feels very good about that, though.
0: <laughs> you did- you both did so well!
1: It was definitely a game, back and forth constantly. Bayside pulled ahead for a bit, but Hero came back.
0: Bayside, you were so close with the Temple of Light and the Sacred Realm. I gotta go back and do some research. I don't remember where that was said. <laughs> that line is is uh, only ever said once. So that that's a really hard question. I wasn't sure if either of you. I believe were... it's
1: when you first.
0: Yes. Go Raru...
1: from switching from a child to an adult when you mm-hmm. first pull the sword, right?
0: Rauru explains where you are in-depth.
1: But anyways, we'd like to thank you guys for participating in this special edition of the Keaton Quiz.
0: We had so much fun. I hope you guys had fun too. Oh, we did. Good. yeah, I did.
6: Definitely.
0: I'm glad. So, congratulations, Hero of Music. And uh, next time, guys, uh, we will see Cinnamon again and her next opponent.
1: So, hopefully... You guys think about coming back and uh, maybe beating up on whoever's in charge at that point.
0: (laughs) Woohoo! Woohoo! Alright, well, thanks for being here, guys. Yep, no problem. Thank you. Bye. 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 -bye. Well, that's it for this time, guys, for the Ocarina of Time Edition Z Talk.
1: We hope that you guys really enjoyed. uh, listening to our thoughts along with everyone else's contributions to the podcast this month.
0: And something just to note, guys, it's in the description as well, but as you can probably tell, due to some time constraints, we weren't able to put in everything that we received for the Ocarina of Time podcast. So head over to the Zelda Dungeon YouTube channel to see full-length segments and the ones that weren't able to fit in.
1: For sure, guys.
0: So we will see you next time. This is Din.
1: And this is Rish.
0: And this was Z-Talk, the Zelda Dungeon Podcast.
1: We hope you enjoyed it.